Welcome to The Silent Lotus. I'm Suditi. And I'm Suhita. We are two South Asian women who are very young and figuring out how to navigate the world. Join us on our journeys of tackling our health, self-care, and mustache hairs. A gentle reminder that we are not experts, just two young women hosting a podcast. We encourage you to seek out support from a trained health professional as needed. Welcome to The Silent Lotus. Suditi, what's something positive from your week? Um, uh, this week has been kind of mellow in general, except for the part where I became the godmother of a puppy. That was been Do you want to explain of- what that means? <laughs> sure. Because I don't know if that's a normal thing to say <laughs> um, <laughs> when it comes to puppies. Okay, okay. I became the godmother of the puppy of a friend of mine who spontaneously got a puppy earlier this week. And, um, my friend and his family, they were like brainstorming, brainstorming names. And then yesterday when I saw said friend, um, I suggested a name for this puppy and he was like, wait, that's such an excellent name. I was like, I know it's an excellent name for context. I found his name Milo. That's adorable. Yes. It's very adorable. It's also because, you know, of my genius, I thought <laughs> I thought that a great name for a puppy would be like a hipster baby name. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that certain hipster no. baby names. OK, um, like Calliope Flynn, or like Asher. I Arlo named Asher, Asher once, and I was really intrigued. I know. A, I know somebody named Asher, but um, regardless, I think there's a lot of hipster baby names or what the Internet thinks is a hipster baby name that would make good dog names. So I found like the Northwest. name. Ma- no. <laughs> OK, not, yeah, not a good dog name, but an interesting no, name. No, 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 no. Not Northwest. More. Yeah. So kind of along the vein of Milo, which I suggested. And then somehow his entire family agreed that this would be a great dog name. And then I think it's officially been made the dog name. So I think I am now the, well, no, I think I am the puppy's godmother. Did and they name you the godmother or is that just something like a title that you've given yourself? My friend I think named important. me the godmother. Okay. See, that matters. That's important. Good for you. It is. Yes. Thank you. I uh, you do have not a have a dog. puppy of my own. So I have, yes, I have a god, <laughs> god dog. What a time to be me. alive. I know. It's like I, I spent some time with this puppy yesterday. And you know when you like look at something and there's that meme of like this could uh, cure coronavirus and bring about world peace and like whatever. That's how I felt looking at this dog. That's how I feel about most dogs. It warmed my soul. This dog is like, I need to stop talking about this dog. Okay. So what's been the highlight of your week so far? Um, I feel like I wouldn't call my week mellow, mainly because, um, well, so I live on the East Coast, as do you, obviously. Yes. Um, And we both know this hurricane slash tropical storm, whatever it's called, ripped Uh, through New Jersey. Uh, and yes. my power's been out since Tuesday. Yeah. Luckily, Ooh. we have a generator, so it's, like, fine. It's just irritating. Yes. Um, so there's Very. that part of it. But it was also my last week of work, which is why Yay. I was, like, not as stressful because I didn't have much to do. So I'm yes. done with work. Congratulations. I was offered a full-time job with Woo. the same company. Potty, so that's potty. really, really exciting. Yay. And my... Like one of my favorite cousins is visiting me today. She'll probably oh. show up while we're recording. Um, so I'm excited. And now I have this three weeks awesome. of nothing to do before school starts. And I'm vibing. 
shout out to Sweetest favorite cousin. You know who you are. We love you both. We bo- both of us <laughs> love you. I can't this speak is true. English. Um, yes. Excellent. I'm glad you're having a great week despite this ridiculous tropical storm that we had. Would be better with air conditioning. That Both's is okay. probably st- true. It's still great. It's still great. It's We're still fine. a great week. Okay. Uh, let us jump in to these questions. I shall read the first one. First one is actually a topic that we haven't dived into this podcast yet, but something we both have a lot to say about. So I'm glad we're getting into this. Um, the question reads, should I be blow drying my hair? I usually let, ha- usually let it air dry. But growing up, my grandma would always tell me I should blow dry my hair to avoid getting sick. During these pandemic times, I feel like I should be doing that to avoid getting sick. Oh my god. I just think it's super funny that like we sometimes have these like really seemingly simple questions, but then we also end up having a lot to say. Yes. Um, like this. What do one. you have to say about this? Yeah, sure. So I used to straighten or blow dry my hair every time I washed it because I have super, super thick and frizzy hair. It also used to be pretty long, so it was just hard mm. to maintain. And heat was the only way to not make me look like a triangle. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, it was hard, okay, especially in the summer when it was humid. Um, but since I've been home, I realized, like, okay, I'm not really going to see anyone outside of my immediate family for quite a while because of quarantine. Uh-huh. Let me experiment and try to tame my hair without using heat and try to uh-huh. help it recover from all of the heat damage. So I stopped using mm-hmm. heat completely. Um, so I was just trying to get healthier and, like, let it recover. So I also invested in, like, much nicer shampoo and conditioner and mm. leave-in conditioner, which I think is the key for me. Mm. Um, so I like, did some research, figured out what I think was going to be best for my hair in terms of moisture and all of that. Um, the leave-in conditioner has made a huge difference. Now I just let it air dry, and my hair looks so much mm. better. Highly yes. recommend trying to get away from the heat because it causes yes. a lot of long-term damage. And air drying yes. is perfectly fine. My mom yes. also says you're not supposed to like go out with wet hair. I get that. But just do it. I wash my hair before I go to sleep. And then I sleep on it. And it's Interesting. fine. And then you okay. don't get sick. Chillin'. Interesting. What about you? Do you? I feel like you never use heat in your hair. No, Except actually, for like opposite. parties. Except, yeah, I know. I do the opposite. I use no heat in my hair. Okay. I am a morning showerer. Um, have always been a morning showerer. Um, so I just wash my hair and then I leave it. Literally doesn't matter what the weather is like. That's why um, my grandma would also say this to me. Like especially if it was cold outside, she'd be like, "You're gonna get, you're gonna get a cold or whatever." And for whatever reason, it's just like, "Yeah, it's fine." Um, and it's never really been a problem. I think especially now while it's so hot and humid outside, you can let your hair air dry because like nature will do the nature. It's hot outside. Yeah. Like it'll dry your hair. And I also have like colored hair. It's not like entirely colored. It's grown out a lot, but the ends look, (laughs) they look a little crusty. And so (laughs) I'm trying not to uh, put any more heat into it than I do. I'm, I, I'm very low maintenance with my hair, especially like, I guess I pay a little bit more attention now that I've gotten it colored. But when I was growing up, it was just wash, like shampoo, conditioner. And then I use maybe one leave-in product and I don't do anything else. I'll curl it sometimes if I have a fancy event, but that's it. No heat, anything. And it works really well. The less heat, the better, I think. TLDR, less heat, the better. Yes. Just because of long-term hair health. Indeed. Um, Okay, I will read the next question. Um, this one's a little bit of a 
more of a heavy hitter. So let's go for it. Um, The question reads, any recommendations for how to get out of a funk? I'm thinking writer's block, a period of procrastination, laziness, the quarantine blues. Just how do you handle a period of life that feels dot, dot, dot. Overall, meh. I love these super detailed questions. I think they're hilarious, but also important. Yes, I love Um, this question. What do you think? I love this question because I felt this way a lot. Um, For context, in case, you know, listeners don't know, maybe you probably don't know. um, The past couple of months of my life has been, I mean, living at home and I'm doing a lot of studying and like work that's self-paced. And so it's like I regulate my own schedule and my own time. And so because of that. And like because of the, you know, extremely repetitive nature of that, um, it I have felt burnt out. I've alluded to this, that I felt burnt out. I felt tired. I felt like, you know, very stagnant. Um, what I have really found helps, which is unfortunately like the total antithesis of like what's possible during this pandemic is like a drastic change in environment or pace of life to like snap you mm-hmm. out of a funk. So if it's possible for you to get out of your house even for a day and like see something totally new so like let's say you live i don't know somewhere that's like totally green and you see trees all the time this is like may sound a little dumb but hear me out if you see live somewhere green and you see trees all the time and like that's what you know visually your life looks like every day go somewhere totally different go to the beach and do an activity that is safe but like super different to what your normal daily life looks like um or it can be something a lot smaller than that. I think a couple of weeks ago, I alluded to like rediscovering some like new, not rediscovering old music that I used to love. That's like a much smaller version of like a kind of a drastic change. And it like some little things like that, I think bring a lot of joy. The music thing in particular, I find that I love it when that happens um I like to listen to all this music that I used to listen to when I was in high school it always reminds me of like I don't know certain special memories and stuff like that I find that that um is really fun and also regulate your use of your phone because yes a lot of people I found this to be so so important because I have friends I have a lot of friends who are overseas in Europe in Europe uh, in particularly in Switzerland and the UK, they've started reopening and doing a lot more reopening than what's happening here. And that's been happening for several months. Um, and so these people are going on vacation. They're seeing their friends. They're eating at restaurants indoors. They're having parties. Like, they're living their normal lives. And so then I sit here and I look at my Instagram stories and I'm like, grr, like, this is, mm, I'm so frustrated with the world and, like, then it has and then it just leaves you with like an overall sense of feeling down. So really regulate your use of your phone. No one's life is perfect. Try and focus on the positives in your own life. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I really relate to the music thing. Mm. I feel like whenever I get into one of those funks, I just revert to what's comfortable, whether that's an old TV show that I used to like. Like, yeah. for example, I think I've seen every episode of Friends like more than 10 times Grey's Anatomy there's certain shows that just feel comfortable yeah um and then same thing with music like I revert back to like old school Taylor Swift and recently (laughs) um for days where like for example when it comes to like having a job and having to work having to show up to meetings you don't get you don't get the opportunity to just not show up um so in a way Mm. that forces me to like get out of it because I I'm responsible for to someone else you know I'm accountable Mm. to someone else I think Mm. it's the better word 
And so one specific thing that I found really helpful to get me like back on the grind mentality is listening to Hamilton. Oh, that whole soundtrack is just so like lively. I listen to Wait For It from the Hamilton soundtrack um, and I just am like rejuvenated. Let's make this a drinking um, game. How many times we really Sarita totally could name talk about wait for it on this podcast? I, I think you've done it every episode. No, okay. It's a great so song. for context, um, on Sadithi's birthday a few weeks ago, I went. I drove down to her house. It's like a forty-five minute drive yeah. to surprise her. Social distance, of course. It was. So and when cute. I tell you, it was. But on my way home, when I was driving in the car. I listened to wait for it just on repeat the entire drive home until I memorized the words. Oh my God. So that helps me. But on top of that, I think the concept of like having a total change in environment is great. And I totally agree that that also helps me. And the other thing that I wanted to mention is just that like sometimes, especially when you're feeling like you're in a funk in terms of something that you're trying to do for yourself, like writer's block or anything like that. Also give yourself time to just, relax or wallow rest and do nothing yes because sometimes your body just needs rest sometimes you just need to treat yourself yes um and my one other tip that I think has really really helped me especially when it comes to studying is so I'm a very much like a to-do list kind of person yeah and so what I used to do is make to-do lists that were like study for exam do this homework etc mm. etc very vague and what I mm. changed what I changed about that was Rather than saying, study for this exam, I write down every single lecture I need to watch, every single um, like mm. piece of notes I need to read or whatever it is. And so mm. I can check off even the smallest accomplishments. And then I start yeah. with the very sm- with like the absolute smallest thing on the list. And I feel a sense of accomplishment and I feel a bit more motivated from that. Um, yeah. So that's one way to kind of like, I think that really helps motivate in terms of just getting back into a structured work process. And yes. I think that really helps me. Mm-hmm. Final yeah. tip, um, have a dance party. I Ooh, yes. Just just put on a song that just like really is just so vibey and you just want to flop around to it and just put on some headphones, blast some music and flop around your room. I yes. it is just like so much serotonin. And um, even if you just do it for five minutes, it'll make you feel better. So really funny story, also weirdly related to like US history. My junior year of high school, I took AP US history. And I remember this so distinctly because a lot of kids in my school would just get super, super stressed about our exams or like this concept Mm. of a DBQ, which is like a specific kind of AP essay, whatever. All that nonsense. Um, Because I I just remembered you took IB classes, not AP. So I was like, I should explain that. Um, And so there's this one scene slash song from a Charlie Brown special where all these Uh kids are like standing in their classroom, like wiggling around dancing. And so he (laughs) had this thing where like, if a kid was seemed really, really stressed out, he'd make, Mm -hmm. he'd stop the class and he'd make that kid get up. He'd play this video and make you just dance. Oh my God. His reasoning was that if you can do something that makes you feel ridiculous, all the stress will melt away. I I love that. But (laughs) I actually think it might work. I just was too embarrassed because I was awkward in high school. But it might work for you in the private of your own room. So try it. Exactly. I was going to say, I mean, it could probably be uncomfortable to like flop around in front of like (laughs) 20 people. But in the privacy of your own room right now, that's I love this idea. This is what I'm going to do every time when I'm like in the middle of MCAT studying and I'm not feeling amazing. I'm going to put on a song and just flop to one song and then sit down. 
This I is great. It. You gotta this flap. This is so productive. Okay, wonderful. Stay flappy. Yes, that's stay my f- advice. Stay flappy. S- stay flappy. Mm. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move to the next question. Uh, okay, next question. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you want to read it? Yeah, sure. So, okay. oh, I like this question. How do you hmm. practice intuitive eating, and how have you approached the idea? I feel like you have a lot more to say about this in terms okay. of the whole like wellness journey, and then I'll try to sure. like I'll see if I can add anything interesting. Okay. I think this is an excellent question. Um, I would like to first, like we, you know, disclaim, put a disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast and I'd like to once again say that like, not a doctor, I'm not a dietitian, I'm not a nurse, I'm not any sort of trained health, licensed health professional. So she's just giving you, (laughs) I'm just giving you advice (laughs) based on (laughs) the research that I've done and the information I've gathered off of the internet, a lot of which has come from dietitians. And so, yes, please be aware of that. But uh, I, throughout high school and the beginning of college, took many swings at the idea of, you know, in air quotes, getting into shape, though, like, what does that really mean? What shape are you trying to get into? Whatever. That's kind of a phrase that I don't love or like just getting kind of healthier. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that something I've learned kind of in retrospect is that like, the world has kind of gone through these different phases with diet culture. So there was this like whole phase of like low fat everything and like fat was bad. And then all of a sudden now we've transitioned to like fat is good or like it's just like the messaging that comes from society as a whole about diet is really confusing. It, It like swings from one extreme to the other. And in general, it's very toxic, I think. And it doesn't really work because when you put these strict boundaries on diet, what I have found and what I have seen a lot of other people find is that food becomes associated with the idea of control and that you like need to put restrictions on what you eat and um, that, you know, when often extends beyond food, it's like if you feel like you're losing control in a lot of other parts of your life, food becomes something that you want to control instead and that gives you a sense of order and peace. But that is just, it's just not healthy. And I have found that that kind of a mentality can really approach some disordered thinking. And so for me, it was never really a conscious choice to practice intuitive eating. I don't think that there's necessarily a need to label intuitive eating as a practice. It's just eating. It's, I decided like when I started really this health and fitness journey in air quotes that I'm on right now about a year or two ago that I would just focus on eating a diet that was nutritious and balanced. Um, I wouldn't really, I mean, not like counting things or measuring things in any way, but just finding food that tasted really delicious, but that had like nutrition rich, nutrition rich ingredients um, and food that tasted really good. And that was really important to me related to the idea of like intuitive eating in air quotes, because food is both fuel like in terms of the nutrition it provides you but eating is also a very emotional experience um we've talked in this podcast before about how food can be associated with you know family and memories and certain experiences Mm -hmm. and you have to be really i think you it's important to acknowledge that and i 
maybe that's not true for everybody. Maybe for some people, some people just see food as fuel. But for me, and for a lot of people that I know, food is also a very emotional thing. And so um, I approaching it in that way of, you know, wanting to eat a really nutritious diet, but also like there's a phrase from a vegan food blogger that I'm like absolutely obsessed with. She is, I think, the one person who really changed my whole perspective on diet. She's a registered dietitian, I will say. And she Who's has the food this blogger. Um, her name is Sadia. She her page is called her YouTube channel is called Pick Up Limes, like the citrus okay. limes. Oh, I've heard of um, this person. Yeah, I talk about her all the time because I just think I mean she's she's beautiful. She has the most like calming presence ever. And her recipes are like insane and what one of the things that she says all the time that I love and that I really think about a lot when I approach food is she says you should eat or you yeah she suggests that you eat to nourish the cells and the soul which is so articulate and cute and yeah I I really love that um and so that has been you know, through my research, like I alluded to, that is kind of what I have found is like a really healthy and balanced approach for me. Now, there's one caveat that I want to share, which is like, you know, intuitive eating is often coupled like from when from, you know, the research that I do and the things that I see, it's like coupled with this phrase, like, listen to your body. Um, That's really easy to say. But it you have to remember that sometimes like we were talking about burnout in the previous question or like just feeling low or feeling like you're in a funk. What I have recently found, especially during this pandemic is that like, you know, when my life was kind of, you know, going along as it normally was my hunger cues and like how I was eating was very regulated because my life was very regulated. I would, you know, exercise the same amount. I'd walk the same amount. I would need a certain amount of fuel. And that was like, you know, pretty strict, But nowadays, as my life is kind of, you know, a little bit more fluid and lacks a little bit more structure, when I, for example, when I get burnt out, I found that I don't really want to eat. So this is an ongoing thing that I'm trying to work on of um, learning to listen to like my gut and like what my body is telling me, but also listening to my head and like my brain and think about really, I like thinking about like, I need to logic, like logically speaking, I need to eat a little breakfast. Even if I don't want to eat anything huge, I need to eat something. So that was a very long-winded monologue of a tangent. But what, yeah, ultimately I want to say is like my approach that really works for me is, you know, really encapsulated in this phrase, like nourish the cells and nourish the soul and also be conscious of how your mental state can can affect your hunger cues. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's important to listen to what your head is telling you rather than what your gut is telling you. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, No. So I think that like ending area where you've gotten to in terms of like nourishing the cells in your soul is where I'm kind of at right now and where I'm trying Mm. to be at. But I Mm -hmm. think I approached that in a very, very different way, which I think is worth sharing just in case, like I'm sure different people have different experiences when it comes to eating and diet and nutrition. So I guess for context, I've just Especially growing up, I had a lot of insecurity about my body and my weight yeah. and the way that I looked. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really I point that. out exactly what caused that or anything like that. I guess it was a long time ago. Yeah. But for example, I went through a period in high school where I lost 20 pounds in just a few months, which is not healthy. And the way that I did mm. that was by counting calories religiously and working out to the point of exhaustion like several times a week. 
Um, That's not and, like, healthy. It was yeah. at the point where I would I could look at a food and probably tell you the macros. Like it was not oh, wow. it was not good. It was not healthy. But to me, in my mind at that point, that got the job done. Um, okay. But of course, like that's not sustainable. I went to college. Yeah. I went to dining halls for all of my food. I couldn't really look at the calories. I couldn't figure that out. And so, of course, like I gained a lot of that weight back in my freshman and sophomore years. Mm-hmm. Um, even as I started cooking for myself, same thing. I just lost the lack of control because I didn't have as much time to deal with it. Okay. Um, and so I had to realize slowly over time that restriction didn't work for me because I would always end up crashing and feeling guilty about it. And I had mm-hmm. to focus my mindset on moderation. Um, okay. Like, for example, I have a huge sweet tooth. If I tried to cut <laughs> out sugar, tried to cut out things like ice cream, I wouldn't be able to handle it. And so you the concept is more so like, exactly, I wouldn't be happy with it. And then my entire, like, we spend so much of our time eating or cooking yes. or planning out what we're going to eat. Yeah. Um, and if my entire, all of that planning time is spent on restriction, I would be so unhappy. And that's exactly what I experienced for a very long time. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I still had this mindset of like eating less is better. And so I wouldn't mm-hmm. let myself eat even if I was hungry. And then, of course, I would crash later. So okay. now for me, intuitive eating means allowing myself to eat whenever I feel hungry, but still making healthier choices. So okay, if I yeah. need a snack at like 3 p.m., it, rather than going to eat a bag of chips, which is tasty, but doesn't necessarily provide energy or nutrition, I'm going to mm-hmm. eat an apple or something like that. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's what intuitive eating means. It's allowing myself to give in to my cravings and eat things that I enjoy while still trying to make healthier choices and getting away from that whole concept of counting calories and restriction and -hmm. this idea that eating less is better and eating less is the way to get healthier because that's not true. It might be for some people, of course, but for me, it wasn't. And I had to learn that the hard way. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like emphasize, emphasize, like your relationship with your with food is your mm-hmm. own like do yes. not let people like there it has become such a thing on social media to share like what people eat in a day i find it to be as someone who likes to cook i find it very interesting but i think that as yeah. you know when i was kind of struggling with my relationship with food that's like a very dicey kind of a thing to watch because you see mm-hmm. what a person eats and then but then you also see how they look like what their body looks like and that can be you know then you think like oh i need to eat like this person to in order to look like them like just first and foremost your relationship with food is your own and figure out what listening to your you know, your head and your gut means to you. Um, yes. That is like my main takeaway from this. Yes. I agree completely. I love Wonderful. That. Okay. Do you want to read our last question? Yes. This one is so fun and I have so many questions about it. Okay. I will read it. The question is, how do you navigate dating in the queue, the queue being quarantine, specifically searching for deeper connections rather than physical attraction in an online setting? I have questions. <laughs> okay, I have, yeah, I also have questions. What are your questions? Um, okay, so first, I'm, I have some clarifying questions about the question itself. So first of uh-huh. all, what does dating in the queue mean? Are you looking for a new partner? Are you looking okay. for someone to just have fun with? Whatever that might mean. Or okay. are you looking for something purely physical? Like, hmm. what are you searching for and what's the goal here? Okay. Um, Right. Because I think that matters a lot, especially considering the second part of the question regarding like deeper connections versus physical attraction. Like when I've used dating apps, it's been just for the fun of swiping. 
Um, yes. And I've never got any, I've never really got further with it because I don't like the idea of meeting someone I've never met. That's just me personally. That sounded mm-hmm. weird. As in, I don't like the idea of meeting a total stranger <laughs> in, pu- in like not in a public setting or anything like okay. that. That's scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Uh-huh. Um, but like, okay, like let's say you're looking for something serious. You're in quarantine. Uh-huh. I'm assuming you're meeting people online because I don't yes. know how else you'd be meeting people. Yeah. Um, so I think if anything, right, if someone is consistently talking to you, during quarantine on one of these dating apps in a way maybe that takes away the fear that this person's just looking for something physical which I think is mm. often a concern when it comes to these dating apps like not okay. knowing if people are on the same page so why would someone be putting this effort in knowing that they're not going to be able to see you in person most likely for a while right yeah so maybe it's a sort of comfort if you're okay. just looking for something physical right now like I'm sorry but public health let's not do coronavirus i highly recommend not doing that it's Um, probably not that safe with like some notable but maybe some (laughs) exceptions but maybe mm, some but just generally speaking think about it first highly recommend avoiding physical attractions to random people that you don't know where they've been yes i i would echo that (laughs) (laughs) um i don't really know what else to say about this what about where are you at with this question i'm curious I also equally had, like, like you had questions about, like, what does, this is, like, a very philosophical question. What even is dating? Um, oh, my God. I, yeah, I don't, because I don't know. <laughs> no, I think I it's know. a good question, honestly. I, I also think that, like, I don't know. It. We're at the, you and I are at the stage in our lives where I guess, like, most people, I mean, I don't know. I can't generalize. I can't generalize. I think there's different types of people who approach romantic relationships at this stage in their lives in different ways. Like some people are actively looking to meet somebody and some people are just like, if I meet someone, I meet someone. If I don't, I don't. Um, Mm -hmm. I think if you are thinking about this idea of air quotes dating in the queue, like what category do you fall in? Are you like, like, are you just swiping, swiping on dating apps for the fun of it? And like, if something comes out of it, eh, if not, eh, or are you like, do you have like a very specific intention here? I feel like that makes a difference because then I feel like that affects how you approach these conversations and like the, if it affects the things you talk about, right? I feel like I'm being psychoanalyzed, but I think all those questions are valid. Especially, like, the going back to this idea of, like, what does dating really mean? I feel like our generation has made dating really complicated. Yes. Oh, my. Oh, like, my God. Think about yes. the fact that you could be just talking to someone. I talk to you every day. I don't know what yes. a talking phase means when it comes to dating. <laughs> and then how does that lead to actually dating someone? Like, how do you define that? And then there's also this concept of friends with benefits or, oh, I'm just, like, casually dating versus seriously dating versus, like, we're in a committed relationship, but there's so many different labels. And there's also, of course, a lot of people who prefer not to have labels at all. Um, So it all just depends. And then the other thing is like, you could know exactly what you want, but then you also need to find someone who knows what they want. Otherwise it's never going to work. And it's going to be super frustrating when everyone's on a different page. And yeah, bottom line, it's really complicated. I understand why you have this question. I don't know if I can properly answer it. But hmm. my recommendation, my general advice would be to, following up to what Siddhiti said, it's like figuring out which one of those two categories you're in. Like, are you just kind of just doing your thing, being casual about it, or are you actively seeking a relationship? And if you're actively actively hmm. seeking a relationship, 
why are you doing that? Versus if you're casually dating or whatever it is, why are you doing that? And kind of answering those questions, I think, will help you figure out what exactly you're looking for, what exactly you want, and the standards that you're supposed to have for yourself, right? Yes. Um, And I think defining the standards, exactly, defining the standards and like what you're willing to put up with, what you're willing to forgive is really, really important, especially in this really confusing dating situation that our generation has created. I also don't even know if it's our Um, generation. Maybe it's the one above us. I don't understand how the generations work. But generally speaking, the modern day dating is confusing and complicated. It's so complicated because I was having a conversation with a friend about this yesterday. About how for like I suppose we fall into like, you know, Gen Z category of like there is dating is so weird because it's like I feel like at, you know, our university and like in in the in the social circles we interact in, there's a very like constructed formula about dating, which is so is unnecessarily there? complicated. Well, I think okay, that, yeah, there's, that makes there's, more sense. The there's all these stages, right? Sense. So you're like talking and then maybe, you know, you take this person to an event. Like I'm involved in, in Greek life at my university. So like maybe you take this person to an event and then maybe you go out and see them one-on-one and then you keep seeing mm-hmm. them one-on-one. And then maybe if, you know, both parties are, you know, emotionally mature slash Stable. like want to have this yeah want to have this conversation then you have a conversation then you decide if like what like it it is unnecessarily complicated but what's weird is that everybody subscribes to it like there yes. are few people who just like it it takes a special person to find another special person to break out of these like subscribed norms that are built into certain environments about the course that dating should take. So I feel like in That's through online dating, point. yeah, in online dating, there's a very specific prescribed formula that for whatever reason, everyone who does online dating to a certain extent buys into. At least in our age range, I'm talking about. Then when it's in person at our university, it's in a certain way. At other universities, I know it's very different. And um, that is just, i sub- really not answering the question, but just something that is weird. And I think something to be aware of and also something to think about. Like, how does the pandemic affect that? And like, how does the pandemic, like, for, because it, the pandemic affects your ability to see a person in person. So that changes the course of this formula that you've all subscribed to maybe i'm making this way more complicated than it needs to be i as the people know i think about dating in a very i don't know analytical critical way (laughs) so i thought about this a lot um so maybe i'm getting too deep into this and this listener wanted a simpler answer but um Hmm. dating in the queue is very complicated unfortunately i'm sorry listener I feel like, okay, my specific answer to this question would be, this is also just my opinion. I'm sure others have different opinions, but the way Mm -hmm. that I look at it and in my own experiences, I think it's really, really difficult to form deeper connections online when you don't really get to spend time with a person and understand their daily habits and things like that. Uh And so I think long distance relationships work when you have a strong foundation to build off of. Uh-huh. But I personally would find it really, really difficult to maintain some sort of deep connection when I didn't have a foundation to start with. And that's a personal thing. But mm-hmm. I think that might be something to potentially reflect on. And Great that's all I have to say about that. 
Great suggestion. A final thing that I will conclude on, um, because I would like to share this weird fever dream that I had with the people because it's just so weird and I think I need to share it. Um, I have been overusing the app TikTok. And the reason I thought about that just now is because there's these TikToks that come up on my page, which are like, it's that one audio where it's like, you know, when you start meeting during the pandemic and then you FaceTime and you talk for months and months and then you fall in love and then you, you know that it, I, I can't decide if I think it's adorable or it makes me crazy, but I just was thinking, I can't figure it out either. I can't figure it out because I mean, they're just like people who've made a video, but I would like to share that I had a fever dream last night about making TikToks to help with muscle soreness. I don't know why I feel the need to share this now, but I um, woke up in the middle of the night last night multiple times with shin splints and like really bad muscle soreness in my legs and then I like put ice packs on my legs and then fell asleep with them and then between waking up multiple times I had dreams about making TikToks about using ice packs for muscle soreness um I just wanted to share that because it's so weird and I think it indicates that I have a problem and I have deleted the TikTok app off of I support your TikTok dreams you support me making TikToks about muscle soreness Yes. Mm, I don't think I anyone should w- do it. I, I think I have nothing valuable to say. <laughs> I think the strangest things go viral on TikTok. And maybe the people want to know true. how you deal with your muscle soreness. That is true. Um, if anyone has discovered... We need to wrap this up. If anyone yes. has discovered Brock <laughs> Talk or Croc Talk, please contact me. It is one of my favorite things ever. Croc Talk being the shoe and Brock Talk being Dwayne the Rock Johnson as a head of broccoli. Um, this All is taking hearing a- is Croc Pot. No, <laughs> that's I'm picturing just a crock pot like for slow cooking, but okay, that's separate. Listen. No crock pots. No instant pots over crock pots. Okay, we're we okay, are going haywire. next time. N- yes. Um, okay. We talked that, a lot. We talked about a lot of good things today, <laughs> and with that, we will wrap up on. The, and if anyone wants to hear us talk about crock pots or instant pots, submit a question or oh, any we, other questions. Did you see that I transition? L- I'm really proud of that. That was really good. I love to talk about the instant pot. Please ask me a question about the instant pot. Also, send us instant pot recipes because I'm curious. Oh yeah. Just send us things, guys. Send us things. We love to see it. Be our friend. Friends. Yes. I don't know. Thanks, everyone, for being here. That concludes this episode. Um, As always, like Suita said, continue to submit your questions. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, Check out our show notes. Uh, We do, you know, publish everything that we allude to in our episodes on there. And have a fabulous weekend and a week ahead. Stay floppy. Remember. Stay stay floppy. Stay maybe. Maybe. Thanks Not for sure listening. about that one. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Silent Lotus. Stay in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter at Silent Lotus Pod and submit your questions on our website at silentlotuspod.com. Your question might be featured in a future episode. We'd also love to see you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share this episode with a friend. Thanks and see you next week. 